0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Glad you're joining in with us. Glad this is, we're able to bring this to you today. And uh, so first time we've been back where we have been live in an environment like this with this is kind of what we call a first run okay so you know what that means right first run is means you guys were the daredevils who decided to come back with a first run officially we're opening back up next weekend but you guys took the challenge Said, I'm gonna try it out see what happens and so as I was talking to Joey earlier we were talking about what was going on and he said Pastor Jody we have 18 new things happening this morning 18 I was like you counted all those things (laughs) like oh my goodness (laughs) But it's exciting, man! It's really exciting. I'm glad that I'm glad to be able to do this. I'm glad we we're able to bring live worship back in the church, and also be able to continue doing this at home for those of you who are at home. Um, man, it's just a great opportunity there. So hey, today, I want to talk to you a little bit um, about something, and I'm going to just challenge you with something that I um, uh, experienced this week. Thanks, man. And so um, I was on a phone call this week. So I, I'm, you know, our church we get our oversight from in Dallas at Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, and so our pastors there um, are just wonderful. They've always been gracious to us and always just been, uh, you know, like Paul says this, though you have 10,000 teachers, you have very few fathers. You understand what I'm saying? There's not many people who father you. There's a lot of people that teach stuff to you, but there ain't many people that'll father you. And there's a big difference in a teacher and a father. A daddy, you see, I'll teach my kids stuff and a daddy will will teach things, but listen, he will love you through it. You understand? A teacher can go home at the end of the day. They don't have to deal with your snotty nose and all that stuff at home. A, a daddy's got to deal with everything, right? So as I was on the phone with them, this is some of the conversations we had. We had on the phone with about, I don't know, probably 60 other pastors from all over the nation, from here, some in California, uh, some are out in New York. Some One of the pastors that we raised money for to help feed folks up in New York uh, is a uh, Pastor Durso, he's up in New York. He was on the phone call as well. And the funny thing is, as we talked, we discussed, we prayed, we asked questions about where we were in our year. We talked about all kinds of things. Man, we talked about COVID-19. We talked about the coronavirus. We talked about racism. We talked about race relations. We talked about, how's everybody doing? We talked about decisions. We talked about economic issues. We talked about, are you opening? Are you closing? Are you reopening? Are you closing again? I mean, you can imagine all the gamut of stuff that you think that you've heard about is exactly what we're dealing with. Like all that is going on in a nutshell. I mean, we talked about everything that we could, you know, that's going on. And everybody, as we finished, we are going on through this, and we are talking about everything that's on everyone's mind. And the one thing that surfaced to the top, over 60 different pastors, and this is in all different states across the United States, okay? From California to Georgia, okay? I mean, I think I was the only one from Georgia. But this is all over the nation. You know, the one thing... They kept surfacing to the top. Most every pastor agreed this is what they're hearing. We just wish things would go back to normal. Listen, that's in the United States. Listen to me, if you're at home right now, listen to me. That's across the United States. That's not just a Georgia thing, not a California thing, a New York thing. That was across the whole state's. Everybody just wants to go back. I wish I could go back. I wish I could just get a regular vacation, man. You know what I'm saying? I wish I could have a regular vacation. I wish everyone would just get along. Why is all this stuff happening? Why can't we just get along? Why is there so much racial tension? I wish church was like it was. I wish the church would just have normal stuff like it used to be. I wish the only time I'd ever heard of Corona was when it was in a bottle. I wish that was the only Corona I had ever heard of in my life. But unfortunately, that's just not the reality. And as we discussed some of these things, um, they were then challenged with a question. Our pastor challenged us with this question. He said, I want to challenge every one of you with something. I want you to think about this. And he said, what is God saying in this season? So in other words, what is God speaking to you during this season? What is it that God is trying to say? And you know, we've talked about these things numerous times. It reminded me again of the book of Exodus. I've went back and read. And if you haven't read Exodus in a while, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're in a Bible study reading plan or maybe you've been reading the Bible through. I want to challenge you to stop what you're doing, take a break from your Bible reading, pivot, and go back to the book of Exodus. And just read it and ask yourself, how many things in Exodus are you seen in the last four months? It is eye-opening. So I thought about that again, and as we were talking about this, when he said the word season, it hit me, and I thought about seasons. What is God saying in this season? You know, God creates natural seasons, and he also creates spiritual seasons. There's not just natural seasons, but listen how God did this. So in Psalm 74, verse 16, he does create the seasons. It says, yours is the day, and yours is also the night. You have prepared the light and the sun. You have established all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer And winter. God creates natural seasons, but He also creates spiritual seasons. So, what is God saying in this season? Here's a better question Do you know what season you're in right now? Because if God's going to speak in a season, you need to know what season you're in. See, I know a little bit about farming, just a little bit. Like I said, we're hobby farmers, no money being made there, but we could grow some squash and some corn and things like that. Here's one thing I know. If you wait until August to start planting your squash, it ain't going to happen. But there's some people who think right now, we're in this season and they're trying to operate in this season like it's another season, spiritually. Oh, if we could just get back and get back and get back and God, I don't think God is saying go back. I think God is trying to say, I'm trying to get you out of something. I'm trying to get you to go forward. But the longer you say, let's keep going back, the more you're working in a season. God's not even in right now. God does spiritual seasons and natural seasons. And I'm going to tell you what I believe this is. And I'm going to stick my neck out on this, but I I just believe this. When you read Exodus, I just believe this with with my heart. I feel like the Lord gave me this. I'm going to share it with you. Those of you online right now watching, listen to me very carefully. I am not a a, uh, full-time prophet, but I'm telling you this. I believe this is what the Lord is saying. I believe right now we're in a wilderness season. And when you say that, people automatically go, oh, man, that stinks. That, I've read that before. That's awful. They go around that mountain for 40 years. Are you saying we're going to go around a mountain? No, 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 no. Spiritual seasons are not the same as natural seasons. But there are some similarities that you can look at. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But it's so easy to overlook a season, you know? Seasons, it's funny thing. Seasons will not allow you to do what you want to do. They won't. Again, going back to planting some stuff. You try and plant some corn in the middle of November. You can plant it, but it's not going to do anything. Unless we have some weird, you know, El Nino thing coming through, maybe, and you get some warm wood. It might try to sprout a little bit. But imagine somebody, imagine somebody going out and they planted something and they see a couple of little blades of grass coming up, some, some things that's coming up, some corn's just it's about inch, two inches out of the ground. And immediately somebody comes along and tries to harvest that. And right then, you're in the wrong season. And no matter how hard you try. You can get mad, you can pray, you can cry. I'm telling you, if you're in a harvest season, it won't do you any good to try and plant. If you're in a planting season, it will do you no good to try to harvest because God's not in that season. It's important to know what season am I in. And then no matter the issues, I'm going to read something from from Daniel here. No matter the issues, the tension, or the opposition, seasons are for a purpose. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20, listen to this. So Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. Listen very carefully to what Daniel is saying here. It is he who changes the times and the epochs, the times and the seasons. Two different words, two different meanings. Times would be your, your watch, or you know, your, the times, or, or the days, or the, the, the scheduled things. Seasons are different. And he says... He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. Watch this. Because you have given me wisdom and power, even now you have made known to me what we requested of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. So let's ask this question then. If we're in a season, do I know what season I'm in? What am I learning in this wilderness season? We've had three months of this. Have I learned anything yet? Except, you know, how to get on Zoom and try to make that thing work. Or you figured out how to get a better signal in your house, you know, by now you've probably found the spot in your house that's got the best Wi-Fi, you know, like, this is the spot, this is where I've got to be. And you don't tell anybody else about it because they may take your bandwidth. What have you learned in this season besides maybe something from the cooking show? Oh, now I can cook, I've learned how to cook this. What have you learned in this season besides, you know, the fact that, oh, man, it's awesome, I can pick up this food here and I don't have to cook, I can bring it home. What have we learned in this season spiritually besides the physical side of things? And is it possible if we're hurrying to get back to normal, maybe God is saying, are you missing the lesson? So from Exodus, let me just share this and, and I'll read a couple more things to you here. It's always easier to look back from your point in history than if you were there during the time, you know? Like, so for instance, it's always easier to go back. We can have the benefit of reading Exodus and going, well, if I had been there, this is what I would have done. Had I been here... This is what I would have done. Couldn't they see they shouldn't be building golden calves? Come on, guys. Y'all know better than that. I mean, Moses went up on the mountain. He's getting 10 commandments from God. What's wrong with y'all? Why are y'all building golden calves? You know better than that. But it's easy to say that when you have the perspective of history. And you look back. You can name 20 different things they should have done differently. But it's because you have the benefit of being here and looking back, they were in the middle of it, trying to look, which way do we go? So what was God trying to get them to do? I think ultimately, it was trying to get them to hear him. You say, Pastor Jody, why would you say this is a wilderness season? Because think about what you're in the middle of. You can't get out of it. A coronavirus, or whatever the thing is. You, you've you got this we're stuck with that. You can't get rid of that. As smart as we are, the whole world right now, as smart as we are, we have been, we have been brought down to our knees with masks. That's all we know we can do. We, we can hand sanitize and we can do masks, but you can't stop it. Isn't that something? You have no control over it. You're in the middle of it and you're stuck in the middle and you can't get out of that. You're in the middle in this nation right now between racial tensions again. Because we can't seem to figure this out. And it's funny, economy. Oh, we got this ups and downs, this thing is affecting the economy. And again, we're here we are again. These things have happened in our nation over and over and over again. And I wonder, maybe God is maybe saying, when are y'all going to learn? When are you going to understand something that I've done that I'm trying to do? You don't think Exodus, the people of Egypt had this going on? Or the people of Israel had it going on? Egyptians were with the people of Israel. You don't think there were racial tensions then? Oh, there were. Look in the Bible. Look what they said about Moses and his wife. Oh, it's in there. Don't, don't make it pretty in the Bible. It ain't pretty. It's not pretty. It's in there. You don't think they had economic issues? Listen, they had all the money they wanted. They had all the Egyptians' gold they had on the back of their donkeys, the little wheelbarrows pushing around. You know, like, I got all this money. I got all this jewels and I can't do anything with it because I'm stuck in the middle of something I can't get out of. And all of us want to fix this stuff. We want to be out of it. We want to fix it. But I think God is saying, hey, look, I'm trying to challenge you right now to deal with some stuff that's going on. Some of y'all, for the first time in a long time, you're having to deal with family issues. You're having to deal with marriage issues. Oh, it's easy to go to work and work 80 hours a week pass each other in the middle of the night. But now you're face-to-face having dinner with them. And they got broccoli in their teeth. And you're having to deal with issues. And the kids are saying stuff. And one spouse is saying, well, now you see what it's like. And the other spouse is saying, what are you talking about? What happened to them? What have you been doing with them the whole time? Like, you've been in charge of them. And now you're having to deal with things you haven't had to deal with because you're stuck in the middle of a wilderness season. And I think, why? Why? Why would God do that? Why? I'm not saying God created all this. I'm just saying you can learn through it. To deal with things we have not wanted to deal with as of yet. It's so easy to talk about and post it online. Isn't it easy? Look, man, you could post right now. Oh, I love my husband. I love my wife. And you give them flowers and show everybody. Oh, that's... Ugh. Like, <laughs> give me a break. I mean, if you really want to be... You do it when nobody else is watching, right? If everybody else saw it... I mean, you know, whatever. Anyway. Ugh. It's like, I love them. They're so sweet. I got them chocolate and candies and flowers. But it's another thing when you have to deal with them day in and day out at home. You can't go to work. You got to go home and out. There they are again. You still giving them flowers or you just posting stuff from two years ago? Which one is it right now? You got to deal with that stuff, man. And I think God is saying right now, hey, look, when are you going to deal with it? It's easy to escape and go to work. It's easy to run away. It's easy not to talk to somebody that doesn't look like you. It's easy to say, what's well, their problem? And not. no not, no, 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 no. I think God has put it right. Slap in the middle of our plate. And here it sits. And he says, no, no, no. It's your issue. Deal with it. Deal with the things that's bugging you. Deal with the issues that's driving you nuts. Deal with your issues. And if the first person, if you're here or if you're at home right now, listen to me. If you're one of those people that say right now, I don't have any issues. I swear, I'm telling you right now. That is your issue. You are in denial, like little Marlin, that little fish on, on Finding Nemo, when he says, "I ain't got no problems." All the sharks say, "Denial. You're in denial." So what are you gonna do? You're gonna deal with it. Deal with your regrets. Deal with your fears. Deal with racism. Deal with not enough. Deal with too much. Deal with COVID. Got to deal with all these different things. Deal with variety. Not enough variety. I'm bored. Think about what the people of Exodus said. They had everything they had in need of. God provided for them manna every single day. And what did they say? I am so tired of this manna. How many of you are tired of like, man, we have had the same food. Like, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I can't wait to get out, to go to a different restaurant somewhere, get something different. I've had Chick-fil-A, I've had Wendy's, I've had all this stuff here. I've had it so much like I don't even care to eat anymore. It's exactly what the people in Exodus said. Tired of this manna. Why was God giving them manna? So they would learn how to trust Him for their provision. Why would God put them in a season of dry and arid ground where they had no water? So they would learn to depend on Him for their thirst. When Jesus said, listen, anybody that calls upon me, if you're dry right now and you're thirsty right now, I'll tell you, there's no natural bottle of water that's going to fix this. You call on him and he says, if you'll come unto me, man, I'll give you rivers of living water. But it's easy to go back because you're familiar with it. They wanted Egypt. The people of Israel wanted Egypt. Look at it. You know why? Because they had meat pots. They had ribeyes, baby. They had all kinds of steak and hamburgers and chops and... Yeah, in Egypt, they would have had chops. They had all kinds of stuff, man. And that, that's what they, they, it was easy. Even though we're enslaved, it was easy because they had everything they wanted. They wanted to go back. Because moving forward is uncertain. It takes a step of faith. Trusting God for the next step. It makes you uncertain. It makes you insecure. It makes you cautious about everything because you've never been there before. It's easy to look back because I've been there. I know how to do that. I don't know what this looks like over here because I've never been there. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in going back. I have no desire to go back to what we had before. I'm even thinking about parking my car differently. So when I pull into the parking lot, I was thinking about that when I pulled in today. I think I'm going to pull my, park, my car in different so that, like, I actually are in the spot where I just drive out. I don't even back up in reverse as much as, you know, I used to. I'm going I'm to put it where I just keep going forward, man. Because backing up, to me, is just like the, the folks in the Bible when they said, you know, we're not going to trust God. See, let's just go back to what we knew before. An interesting thing about the wilderness is what's on the other side. As I wrap up today, I want you to think about this. What's on the other side? There were two groups of people in this wilderness. There were those that followed Joshua and Caleb that went into the promised land and there were those who just camped out, stayed in the wilderness because they refused to trust God. One of two groups you could be a part of. And one of the reasons I think we don't want to be in the group with Joshua and Caleb is because you have to face a giant or two. You look into the land that's crossed that fence. You say, this is where God wants to take us, but there's giants there. How am I going to deal with those giants? I'm scared of those giants. Look at what they are. There's giants of, of COVID out there. There's giants of marriage issues out there, family issues, dynamic issues. There's di- racism issues. I got to deal with all of that. Yeah, you do. You do. Because to hide behind it is the easy way out. It's easy to say these words. Fill my cup, bless me, help me. These are all individual statements of what we want. It's a whole different prayer when we say, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Don't you know God says there is no sickness in heaven? I don't know if you read the Bible, and this, but there is no sickness in heaven. No sickness in heaven. None, as it is in heaven. He wants it to be on the earth. There's no racism in heaven. Don't know if you know. There's none. There's no political parties in heaven. Just want to make sure everybody hears this. There's none of this in heaven. There's only one king and one kingdom and he rules everything. And he says there's no Republicans. There's no Democrats. There's no race. It's one king and he rules all. And he wants that to be here. Not just when we get to heaven. And we laid on our political agendas and laid on our cards and everything. No, no, no. He wants it right now. And as Christians, wouldn't it be something if we actually did that? If we actually laid down some stuff that bugs us. Well, I don't like what they say. Hey, well, maybe they don't like what you say. What if we just tried to listen and break down some walls? Well, she just doesn't understand me. My wife just this. And well, he just don't. Maybe a marriage is called working it out. Maybe she ain't going to pick up your underwear every day. Maybe you can help do some stuff too, Bubba. It's called deal with your giants. Jesus said this, and I'm wrapping up. Acts 1, verse 6 through 8. The Bible says this. It's when they come together, they were asking Jesus, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom of Israel? Or the kingdom to Israel, I should say. And Jesus said to them, watch this. It's not for you to know the times or the, here it comes again, the epochs. The times or the seasons, the word times is the word, this is in Greek, chronos, it's, it's the watch time, it's the schedule. It's not for you to know the schedule, okay, or the seasons, which the Father is fixed by his own authority. But watch this, he switches, watch what he does. Because they're worried about times and seasons, when it's going to end, when it's going to get over, when it's going to move on. And Jesus watches, he switches on them. Did you see the switch? He says, but you shall receive power. Wait a minute, I'm talking about time. Jesus, I'm talking about, what time is it, man? He just switches on and says, no, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remote part of the earth. He dealt with them on everything they needed to deal with. They had to put aside what they want and submit to the fact that he's saying, look, you don't have any idea what time it is or what season it is, but I'm going to fill you with power to do my work. That's the goal. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? He said, yeah, that's not on your timetable. That's for the Father to, to declare Matter of fact, Jesus doesn't even know the time. The Father knows the time. He says, but you'll receive power. Power to do what? Face some giants. So this morning as we close up, I'm going to ask you these questions this morning. Do you know what season you're in? If you're tired of manna, maybe God is saying to you, I'm trying to help deal with your financial issues right now. When are you going to trust me with your finances? When are you going to yield your income to God? Deal with it. Don't hide behind it. Don't say like, well, you know, one day when I'm a millionaire, then I'll do something for God. No, you won't. You're not going to do it. And that's baloney. And you know it. And God knows it. And you know it. And everybody else knows it. Stop saying that. Deal with your giant. It's in your face. It's snarling and growling at you right now. Deal with your giant. Your marriage. Oh, man, I can't wait to get back to work. Got to quit dealing with her, man. She driving me crazy. Deal with your marriage. Racial tension. You're frustrated about things. You don't know why. It bothers you when people say things and you get all mad inside. You should check that and ask why. Deal with it. Don't just keep talking about it, pushing out another 20 years. We come back to the same spot and have the same thing going on. Deal with it. Contentment issues. You want more, you want more, you want more, but it's not happening. Deal with that giant right now. Here's the sad thing about the wilderness season. You're not going to get out of this time warp until you deal with what God has set before you, just won't. So this morning I want to challenge all of us, right where you are, right there at home. Man, whatever John is in front of you right now, you're gonna to to deal with it. You're gonna to to deal with it. Do you realize this? That He took snakes. The Lord did. This is so gross because I hate snakes. Like, uh, I hate them. I have to text my friend Jason when I see him out on our farm because like I'm like, is this a good one or this is a bad one? because the good ones keeps the rats out of the barn, but the bad one, you know, you want to kill them all, and they've all been good, but I'm still like, Ugh. I got a rat snake in the barn, he's like a little buddy, and I kind of open the door, and I look in, I'm going like, you know, I tiptoe in, kind of, because I hate them. God took the very thing that was killing people in Israel, because of their rebellion against Moses and God, he took the very thing that was killing them, put it on a made out of bronze, put on a stick, and said, look at this, to be healed. He made them face the very thing they were terrified of in the wilderness because you can't get out of it until you deal with what is going on in front of you. So this morning right now, I want to pray for you. Those of you at home right now, I want to pray for you as well. Just close your eyes right there where you are. I just want to pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I pray right now for all of us in this room, for those who are at home right now, and maybe those in their cars. I pray right now you'd help us deal with the giants. So many of us want to just get out, get out, get out, move on, move on, move on. Lord, I just feel like you're saying, listen, I want to move you out. I want to move you forward, but you're going to have to deal with some stuff that I've got around you right now. It isn't to hurt you. It isn't to, to set you back. It's actually helped push you forward, but you're going to have to deal with it. You can't keep hiding from it can't keep moving it out of the way, you can't keep blaming other people on it, you're going to have to deal with the things that are in front of you. And maybe you're here right now you don't know Christ, maybe you're at home right now you don't know the Lord and you're watching, you're listening. You don't know Jesus. I want to pray for you right now. If you're here, you just repeat this after me, just pray something of this, something like this prayer, you put it in your own words, however way you want to do it, but you just acknowledge Christ and say, dear Jesus, I come before you today. I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything and I make you my Lord and my Savior. I receive you today as my Savior. And Jesus, I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, would you give him a hand right now? If you prayed their prayer, we're so proud of you. Give them a hand, would you? So proud of you right now. If you're online watching right now, man, listen, we appreciate you being on there with us right now. There are some hosts right now that will let you know how to get started walking with God. The simple connect.cornerstonerome.com We want to help you get started walking with Christ. If you prayed that prayer today, man, if you need prayer for anything or you need anything from our church, if you'll just fill that out let us know it. We'll get in touch with you and let you know how we can help get started with a couple of things with that. If you're in here, man, you pray that prayer, the same thing, connect.cornerstonerome.com uh, Same thing. We don't have anything in the seats anymore because we don't want anybody touching anything. We're trying to keep everything as best we can with all that. But you fill it out. Just let us know, man. Us online, connect.cornerstonerealm.com. We'll help you get started walking with God. So today, before we go, as always, man, we'd like to pray this over you. In Numbers chapter 6, for those of you at home, maybe you've never heard this before, but we pray this over our church family every single week. The scriptures say this, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. That's our prayer for you, man. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for being here today. We'll see you next time. God bless you. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.